Hello and welcome to the Inverted Castle, a Metroidvania podcast. I'm Thomas Blight, a man saying domo arigato gato roboto to a man with parts made from Japan, Eric Fox. I would do an accent, but not no one wants that. Yeah, I, I just wanted to make the domo arigato Mr. Roboto reference. Naturally, because we are playing most of those words, gato roboto. Yeah. From now on, your name is Kilroy. Uh, don't ask. Okay, I was really hoping for, like, Garfield or Heathcliff, personally. <laughs> nope, you're Kilroy. You're being a real Arbuckle right now. But speaking of cats, Gato Roboto is a game in which you play a cat. It was re- released in 2019, developed by Doinksoft. Best name. Published by, uh, Devolver Digital? Oh, this is 100% a Devolver Digital joint. Their, their grubby fingerprints are all over the, the tone. <laughs> Listen, there's a 42069 joke in the opening text crawl what can you like I, for real i had already forgotten that but i think i, I noticed it i was like nice <laughs> of course yeah wow that sex slash weed number gotta say it didn't really follow that tone for the rest of it but yeah. uh there are hits here and there of like just you know that kind of off the wall just kind of like weird silly not really taking anything too seriously not that there's much story anyway but we should probably <laughs> actually get into that yeah so the game starts with the intrepid space adventurer actually i think he's just like a guard doing a like a patrol uh gary it's just gary yeah although he he looks like what Buzz Lightyear would be based off of just like that real like stout chin uh, space hero, but no, nah, he's just he's just a dude. He's a real like Captain Kirk Zap Brannigan. Exactly, but he is not our protagonist. Instead, our protagonist is the cat that uh, kind of screws everything up. Yeah, the the cat steps on his keyboard, apparently causing him to crash land on a planet, an abandoned laboratory planet. Cross that one off your bingo card. It's a little less common than the ancient civilization it it does have the same feel of there's generally a defunct slash destroyed laboratory where things went wrong yeah and and in the crash he gets stuck in the wreckage of the ship and is implied to need medical attention in the somewhat near future and sends his cat to go look for something to help them yeah, he even like mentions like, "Oh man, I'm I can't believe I'm talking to a cat. I've had I've lost so much blood." <laughs> um, yeah, and so you control the cat. You go and get into a mech, and from then on, it's basically a Metroid game. Yeah, very quickly after you get through a sort of tutorial section where you get your main weaponry. The goal is to get to the laboratory, but to get there, you have to do three other areas. The aqueducts or just like the the water zone uh heat zone and the ventilation area for wind zone yeah the the water fire and air places no earth place apparently no unfortunately (laughs) could not get all four (laughs) nations to live in harmony no the cat is not the avatar oh man pretty sure that's a lemur what yeah what was ang's pet is it just a flying lemur not one of those dual animals I don't know, pick an animal that has wings to cross the lemur with. <laughs> yeah, we're getting into some uh, unethical <laughs> science, which coincidentally 
is kind of the plot of where the plot goes. Yeah. Throughout your adventures, you'll constantly see this mouse who's up to no good. And since you're a cat, like actually just a cat, uh, you have a dedicated meow button. But beyond <laughs> that, you do not speak. And is instead, despite incredible problem solving skills, you are not able to really engage with dialogue. So that's more or less left to your handler, Gary, I guess, jumping in and giving you instructions and providing commentary like, wait, did that, did that mouse just talk? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, and your name is Kiki. That's, that's a cat name for sure. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out that through audio logs that the lead researcher of this place is, was pretty resentful of having to d- develop weapons of war and really just wanted to pet the dog instead no, no shade to dog lovers here i guess this isn't uh like it we take all pets here cat lovers dog lovers listen it's all good the dog does not get harmed thankfully but there is kind of something that it implies that they may have given the dog like carcinogens or something like something to cause cancer yeah the dog is not long for the world as of the recordings from the lead scientist uh, which leads him to concoct his own plan to do a reverse kick the dog where it's everyone else who is harmed. I mean, there is the last audio log you see from one of the guards is the guard being like, I'm going to go take that dog and use it for biology experiments like it was supposed to. I'm always saying this. <laughs> I'm always announcing to the log all the bad shit I did TXT. Yeah. Uh, and gotta say, my sympathies are with the scientist here. Generally speaking, yeah, like it, this is very much a research lab for nefarious purposes. Unfortunately, his plan, which involves swapping the brain of the dog into a new body, does put him at odds with uh, these neophytes who have crash landed, Gary and the cat. He wants your bodies, and also at some point the doctor's body before the events of the game i think he's dying or just just yeah i can't remember the impetus but he ends up in the mouse that mouse that talks that is the cat's main nemesis throughout the game is the scientist i don't think they actually explicitly said but i kind of just assumed that in the process of doing a whole bunch of murder they got him a little bit necessitating a body swap yeah but then he ran out of bodies for the dog i guess or he's just holding out hope for the perfect thing, which is why he sent out the distress beacon that lured your ship in in the first place. Yeah. And so you confront the mouse doctor, who I believe wants to put the dog in the cat body and wants to steal Gary's body for himself. Is that correct? That, that's certainly what he attempts. And he, he uh, succeeds at half of it. He ends up in in Gary's body, and that's like the final boss fight is against your your old master's flesh. Yeah. But over the course of that battle, the dog gets out, and he's not happy with, I guess, the the, uh, actions of the scientist. Oh, no. Well, I mean, also, I kind of figured part of it is just like, oh, you swap bodies. The dog doesn't recognize you as you anymore, because what a dog uses to recognize you is your smell, and your body. Again, the dog is also just a dog like you were just a cat, but fast and loose with the like relative, like uh, being able to piece things together or like how aware 
these animals are. But yeah, I, th- I think you're right. It's just a dog. <laughs> He's, we're not even sure if it was aware of what was going on. It's just, hey, new guy. The, the dog does maul Gary's body and then lead you to an escape pod, which he operates. <laughs> if Kiki can operate a billion dollar defense mech, I think I think we can allow the dog to uh, hit the go button on an escape pod. That's fair. There's also an intelligent frog. He's just around. Yeah, he will sell you weapons for uh, cassette tapes. Yep, because I guess this is the Fallout future. Sure. Gotta have those anachronisms. You don't know what's valuable to a frog. But uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, the one logical flaw in this game is that the dog can operate the escape pod. Yep, no, no other notes. Yeah, and... In case you're worried about Gary, don't worry in the body swap, he ends up in the mouse and also on the escape pod. Everyone's fine, except they're just all animals now. And I'm pretty sure the dog is still sick. That didn't get resolved. Yeah. Uh, also, I guess I might as well kvetch about this while we're, while we're talking about the escape pod. Kvetch away. So this game has two points where they non-consensually save you. Actually, I think every time you pick up an upgrade, they also save you. I believe that's the case, yes. To make it impossible to get an upgrade and then lose it by dying. Anytime you enter a new area via elevator or get a new pickup. So the first one is they warn you, this is the point of no return, hint, hint, if there was some kind of human controlling this cat, this would be the time to, to leave. I was dumb and was like, whatever, I'll just not save past the point of no return. It saves you automatically at the bottom of that elevator shaft. I don't know why you can't just go back up the elevator shaft. That's not really clear to me. They warned you about points of no return, dog. But why does the point of no return exist? They had to put it somewhere, I guess. But yeah, no, it's very strange. Yeah. And and then the, the next one is after beating the last boss, it saves you in the escape pod. And all you can do is walk in the escape pod and find the mouse. Yeah. Who says... Kiki, I mean, squeak. Doesn't he say, like, good cat or something? I don't know. Oh, good kitty, sure. Yeah, yeah. good kitty. I, listen, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, it's one line of dialogue. But it is an interesting take on loading up on a 100% save file, which is, like, that's the only way to get to the, like, actually move around in the escape pod is, oh, re- reload your completed save. But it also complete, like, there is no going back. If you did not... 100% you gotta start the game over. I much preferred how Islets handled it. Islets? Yes, it's Islets. <laughs> yeah, it's Islets. I don't know why I always want to say it Islets. It isn't Lits. Or Islets just, they just have a party that once you get 100% completion, otherwise you can go to the party. But you can leave from the party and explore the rest of the world at your leisure. They don't lock you out like this game does, which is weird and I would it would bother me more if one I fell for it <laughs> sorry yeah. and two if the game wasn't like two hours long as it was it took me like four but yeah oh that's fair I mean it was just like all right I did the sweep of places I definitely know I should probably go back and find the, the last few things I think I had one cassette missing and two health modules and then I was like but I can just look ahead and then it saved. I was like, oh, nerds. I was even avoiding the saves past the point of no return. You didn't, you had not yet realized. And then died and 
got respawned. Not where I had last saved. Oh, man. In addition to, like, the pickups, there's also a couple of, like, secret secret areas that don't get you anything, but have, like, these fourth wall breaking uh, little messages on a computer. Like, I think one calls out Devolver Digital specifically of, like, they've locked us in here. <laughs> I only found one and it just said happy birthday. A, a fourth wall breaking thing that sure makes sense to somebody, but it's one of those things that's not on the map. Like, you can't find the connective thing, which... This game usually doesn't do. There's a, a couple of uh, hidden away goodies that you do actually need to test a wall or something, but generally the map's pretty good about it. Yeah. In terms of gameplay, this is pretty much Metroid. It does away with aiming uh, diagonally. Yes, only the four cardinal directions. And makes some tweaks. Um, in particular, uh, missiles are on a cooldown. Uh, initially, you can only shoot two before overheating. You can later shoot three without overheating. I actually like how they handle missiles. Me too. So missiles, as opposed to Metroid, where missiles are basically just the beam weapon, but with a, a slightly different property that says, hey, missiles can hurt these guys. The missiles are like AOE. They also push back you a little. I don't I don't love like self pushback, to be honest. So there, yeah, two things about that. When you fire it, it will propel you backwards and is one of those things I hate, or not so much hate, but uh, it was very annoying mid-battle to be, like, pushed into enemies and, like, trying to platform while fighting. It made the game a bit messier to handle than I would have liked. But the other part of it is that the explosion itself will propel you upward, which I really dig, because you can use that to sequence break. In fact, there is an achievement that will tell you, hey, if you do one of the places out of order before you get the double jump, which you need the missiles to do, you get a little Chivo, much like an Unsighted, hinting at an alternate way to play through the game, especially in this case when the game's short enough as it is. I was playing on the Switch, so I did not see that. I oh. did rocket jump to one audio log in particular, and then later found out, oh, I was about to get the double jump. That would have been way easier to do with the double jump instead of rocket jumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's a thing you don't need to do, but I didn't do a, an entire second playthrough, but it did play up to doing the, that. Um, it's It'd be the incinerator area uh, without the double jump. Very different. Very fun. Would recommend. <laughs> All right. But also fighting the boss in that case was less good because <laughs> I was simultaneously just not getting anything else. So I had minimal health as well. Oh, yeah. And I found in this game, the bosses were kind of disappointing, partially from that messiness I was finding from the... Uh, Every time you fire the rocket, the ricochet is just uh, a little too exaggerated. The the ricochet never bothered me that much in the bosses. I don't know. I It bothered me more in the regular traversal, where like every once in a while I would put myself with my back to an enemy and then missile myself into them and be like, of course, there's pushback. I know that. Why do I keep forgetting about this pushback? <laughs> uh, I think it was just because it like I'd have to do bosses over again. Whereas I don't think um, in the traversal, I never got hit enough to have to respawn. I, I don't know. I don't. I can't think of a time when the pushback was the thing that did me in on a boss. I'm thinking specifically the um, furnace area. I, I just did it. There, you have to fight the boilers or whatever. They've got faces, but they're just stationary things. But there's like lava pouring from above. You have to 
weave in between them and fire from there. And I would just constantly, at the very wrong time, try and fit in one extra missile and then just go straight into the lava. Yeah, that never particularly bothered me. Or I was like, oh, that's a spot where I have to be judicious and use my beam instead. I am absolutely picking a nit here, I will admit. (laughs) I just noticed that the bosses weren't doing it for me and I'm just trying to like figure out why. It's not like, like there's not very many of them again shorter game but still yeah yeah so the other traversal abilities uh we talked about the the double jump it's also sort of a like sonic style spin jump uh in that you can bounce on enemies yeah imagine if the screw attack bounced you and then like essentially that's how you refresh it yeah although i found it very hard to use repeatedly on an enemy like as an attacking uh without just like accidentally getting hurt because you have to remember to re-spin unlike sonic's uh as long as you're spinning in the air keep bouncing yeah uh, not so here it gets eaten up yeah but they use it for a couple of platforming challenges of a sequence of enemies that you need to bounce off of in succession while avoiding other projectile fire but at this point if you have an, a mechanic like that you know that's going to come up later as some sort of test. Yeah, there's also the phase dash. Gotta love a combat dash slash teleport. So weirdly, I kept forgetting it existed. Unbelievable, this kid. <laughs> um, like outside of the boss of the incinerator, which in, in which it is completely necessary, I often just was like, oh, wait, right, there's a dash button here and was doing stuff without it that's why it took so long it's it's (laughs) faster to dash everywhere come on that's fair you dash forward invulnerability frames uh you can't go through walls but you can go through like say lava falling from above yeah but i believe that might actually be it for traversal because three main areas double jump and the dash were in the first one and two respectively and then the third one all it got you was a bigger main beam weapon and then the two cassette upgrades are rapid fire by just holding down the button and then the other one is the space jump equivalent right just jump multiple times in the air yeah essentially if you dash it refreshes your double jump so you have to just alternate between that and you get infinite height which is useful mostly only for um just this one side area by going up an elevator shaft without the elevator yeah i thought it was being clever there when i was like wait a minute cats can just climb walls and then they put spikes there i think it might be a last health upgrade or a secret zone speaking of which i don't think we talked about what the cassettes actually do oh yeah the cassettes give you color palettes so this game is two-tone it's white and black or you can change what the white and the black are there's a variety of off-whites or like... Yeah, I think there's like 14. Yeah, 14. 14 different colors. And I found that none of them were better than black and white. I mean, I liked some of the like off-whites. I found that the default black and white a little harsh. Oh, uh, okay. There's one that's like a little brown that's a reference to coffee beans or something like that. I was like, eh. I kind of like that one. I'm pretty sure there's one that's the green gray of like the brick Game Boy. Yeah. There's also the mono red of the <laughs> Virtual Boy. That Now that one is blinding. Do not, under any circumstances, emulate the Virtual Boy. I gave myself a bizarre limitation of the moment I get a cassette, I have to swap to that palette. And then I, I'm using that until I find the next one. The Virtual Boy one did not last long, thankfully, but uh, it was not great on the eyes. You're already colorblind. You don't need colors to make you blind. Also, I finished the game with the urine 
uh, palette. <laughs> you didn't need to. The game locked you in. It forced you into piss. <laughs> I mean, it's actually not a bad color combination because it's yellow and blue oh here we go tom i told you to keep your fetishes off the mic <laughs> <Ugh>. uh <laughs> yeah sorry don't know how to transition well for that one so yeah it, i overall like i found it to be a, a fun little metroid honestly i think i had more fun with this than i had with zero mission oh really um it certainly is more killer with less filler i'll definitely say that much yeah and the variety in the zones uh quite good in terms of like in the water area you're uh you have to like pilot like a sub for a lot of it come and then come back through the same area with the mech yeah what's with metroidvanias and having to pilot a sub that denies you most of your abilities i don't know it happened in night witch it happens here yeah they never give you a sub in Aquaria, which is weird. The one time. I mean, you can already swim through the water. I guess they could have given you like a land sub or a plane. Some kind of land sub. <laughs> I, like, I guess it would be a tank of water that is also a tank, like a military tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then in the um, the ventilation area, you're out of the mech as a cat for like huge chunks of it which when you're a cat you only have the one hit it's a very tense i mean we should also just talk about the cat form in general like the cat is sort of the morph ball equivalent and i thought it was pretty clever to have the morph ball equivalent be you're you're out of the mech and you're this vulnerable cat it allowed for like very different sorts of challenges because the cat can climb up walls infinitum as long as there's no damage yeah, and wall jump. And also swim, which uh, normally cats <laughs> don't like getting wet. And uh, there's a little gag early on where you're, uh, where Gary spooks Kiki into the water. But after that, this cat just whole hog into the water at all times. I did notice that you can't meow when you're underwater. Oh, uh, yeah. Just like real life. Because I was... <laughs> at one point I was just smashing that dedicated meow button for no good reason. <laughs> It, it's it's like jumping in an MMO. It doesn't do anything, but your thumb's got to do something. Nope. Yeah. Speaking of buttons, I also remapped the Switch controls. Oh, like, like at a system level? Yes, uh, because they don't let you do it in the game. No. Very minimal options in this game. So if the triggers don't have their own mapping, I will switch the shoulder button to the triggers so that I can use the triggers instead because I find it more convenient. I, I'm the opposite, but you do you. Uh, on the Switch Pro controller, at least, I like the triggers better than the, than the shoulders. Okay. I'm just used to the dashes being the, the quick button instead of the uh, the full trig. Yeah. Dashes on R instead of L, which is a mistake, but I didn't actually reverse that. I just put missile on L. So you can fire your beam and not have to like switch to like uh, with the same finger, also missile. Or more importantly, jump. Jump, aim down, and shoot a missile it, it's a little little much for one thing where that where you want to do all three intermittently yeah i made that switch on the incinerator boss that probably would have helped me out a quite a bit i'd never think of going outside the bun <laughs> the bun is the controller oh getting into food again i do need to remember to reset that though oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> or i'll be like why aren't the triggers working on some other game <laughs> and the switch reminds you that you have a weird control scheme on Oh, okay, yeah, you're going to pick up Tears of the Kingdom again after all of these years and be like, oh man, I thought I really thought I had a shield button. 
Yeah, I do need to get back to Tears of the Kingdom and actually finish it at some point. Oh, I'm I'm sure you will. Maybe once your kids are all graduated high school, you can ha- have a life again. I like how our definition of a life is sinking hundreds of hours into a video game. It is for me. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I feel like you just slammed me there. I feel like I'm getting put on blast. I don't know. Anything else you wanted to discuss that i haven't i'm surprised we talked as long as we did like again very short and sweet i found that there weren't really any highs but it was remarkably consistent all the way through definitely a cool game yeah i don't know i liked the bosses i liked the controls the knockback and stuff and and like how you bounce off of enemies is maybe a little loosey hard hard to control it's not too bad. It's not precision platformer enough. Yeah, I kind of wish uh, there's a bit more. Like, I don't even know. Because, like, I've seen the speed run of this game. You can, if you know what you're doing, oh, go through it real quick and uh, abuse some shenanigans. Um, like, um, in the in the water area, you can do, uh, do some fancy, like, get out of your robot above the water and then chase after it and because it's only the surface that damages the the robot and just kind of like skip through most of that that way or do something weird at save points where you're both cat and mech at the same time so the mech can squeeze through the tight cat zone areas nice so like you have full control in the morph ball equivalent sections it's wacky it's cool definitely i would recommend checking it out and now i'm gonna put it like 20 slots down on the list but (laughs) before i evaluate it hey tom what were other people thinking about games at this time that's a good segue but i wanted to also talk a little more about the out of the mech section if you want sure go for it how did you feel about it like it you've got one hit kills they give you more save points because of it it's a little puzzly a little stealth sectiony i guess so i liked it just mostly because before the final final area where obviously that's pure mech combat you have to do something with the cat to justify the cat motif <laughs> so giving just kiki alone a time to shine in fact i think that boss was for its limitations pretty good but just the the constant if you mess up anywhere that's the ball game overall I think they did well, but if this game was any longer, they'd need to either give some more abilities to the cat or rethink that area. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Picking up your segue to talk about other games from 2019. So I have a list of the the games that won awards in 2019. So we've got Smash Bros. Ultimate. Hell yeah. Still playing that game. I'm very bad. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Weirdly, that was the like souls like from frontsoft that i skipped you should play it i like it a lot but it is a very different it appeals to a very different part of my brain because it's it's less about like um a freedom of style so much as there is a solution that you're gonna have to get good at Hmm. but i found that once i got over that hurdle it went from my least favorite game of all time to one of my favorites so a very wildly swinging game fair uh, the Outer Worlds. Oh, that was the Obsidian uh, yes. Fallout-esque game. Not to be confused with, but it is also on this list, The Outer Wilds. Yep. Or, sorry, just Outer Wilds. No, the... Constantly not remembering which game people were talking about. People being like, yeah, man, Outer Wilds is great. I'm just like, the Obsidian? Really? Yeah, I have yet to play Outer Wilds, and I think it'll be up my alley. 
based on what people have said about it. Yeah, you'll get around to it after Tears of the Kingdom, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Untitled Goose Game. Yeah, they never titled that one. <laughs> this is a section on mobile games, and I have never heard of this one. Uh, Megiddo 72. The Shin Megami Tensei spell? Um, yes. Or Persona? Megiddo? Yeah. Pretty sure it does almighty damage, but I have no idea what mobile game that is. I don't... I don't... I play real video games, Tom. It's Japanese only. Or that. I'm all... I also only play English games, because, you know, see earlier comments regarding <laughs> the Japanese-ness of me. I think it's a gacha game. It's a mobile game. That's synonymous. That's fair. Call of Duty Mobile. Damn, that, that was almost like an actual part of an army. Mobile ops or something? Like mobile <laughs> yeah. artillery? No, you're thinking of Metal Gear Solid. Oh, right. Portable ops. Yeah, portable ops. Which is not part of the military. No, and also was like a card game? Yeah. Or is that acid? I didn't touch that one. Who would? Sayonara Wild Hearts. That's like that stylish motorcycle? Yeah, stylish motorcycle rhythm game, I guess is how I would call it. Never really checked it out. Seemed neat, but, you know, it's 2019. I've got other games to play, like Sekiro and Smash Brothers. Uh, what the Golf? Right. That's very um, idiosyncratic golf game. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. It seems silly and fun. Stretching what the, the definition of what a golf thing can be. Sometimes you're golfing the ball and sometimes you're golfing the golfer and other such shenanigans. Sometimes you're the hole. I guess I'm now at the VR segment. Uh, Beat Saber? Of course. Not the Virtual Boy segment, again. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Minecraft Earth? Just a Minecraft spinoff or I guess just the VR version? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not that into Minecraft. Yeah, we only play real video games like <laughs> Dragon Slayer 2 Xanadu. Okay, yeah, look, that's what we're going to gatekeep. We're going to gatekeep <laughs> Minecraft from being a game. Listen, you're not a real gamer until you've experienced Brain Breaker all the way through. <laughs> uh, pistol Whip, or possibly Pistol Whip. Depending on how you want to aspirate it. Yeah. Uh, Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series. Yeah, I bet that was good. Yeah, th this is the one that I, while I was compiling the list, I thought the title was Pistol Whip Vader. Which sounds like a, an old Flash game where, uh, <laughs> like that Smack the Monkey thing, but like Star Wars themed because, man, it was a Wild West time for Flash games. Yeah, sure. I played that on Newgrounds. Uh... Oh, of course. Be between that and the Neon Genesis dating sim. <laughs> you know the one I mean. Yeah. Death Stranding. Also, I don't think I actually know what you mean, but... I'm going to assume it's porn. I, I feel like I just uh, showed my whole ass there. But don't worry about it. Death Stranding, wow. Strand Games. Still waiting on another part of that <laughs> genre. Uh, Control, which some people consider to be a 3D Metroidvania and we should probably check out at some point. Uh, I think it's Remedy, the um, Alan Wake folks. Yeah. Yeah, never played any of their games, but the cult, at least, consider it a classic. Yeah. Disco Elysium. Also one I haven't actually touched. Depending on how class conscious you are, uh, your, your experience may vary. Also, how much you like playing old CRPGs. <laughs> I've tried to play the original Fallout once and struggled with the controls and gave up. Okay, it's, it's less controls, but more like, oh, you can go in deep. Deeper than any other thing with its various like social systems. It's very neat, but also one a game that I could not finish myself. It, it occupies a lot of time. Fair. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Not 
Call of Duty 4. Not Call of Duty 4 and not Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Not Call of Duty Mobile. Um, Ape Out. Aren't you tired of being nice? I've I've seen coverage of Ape Out. Uh, you're you're a gorilla who runs around and throws people. It's top down perspective. I don't know. It seemed kind of cool. Is it a rampage clone? No. Oh no, that's yeah. It'd be top down. Is not a rampage. You are rampaging. And it's not Toki goes ape spit. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm failing to grasp a, a metaphor to use here. That's fine. It's ape out. That's fair. Doesn't need it uh life is strange too i think this one was actually the one of the supporting role ones oh okay which why not i'll repeat it one of the awards for a character or performance was the goose from entitled goose game yeah this is the start of the goose's career (laughs) yeah that goose has a promising career in games Uh uh-huh uh-huh it has range astrobot rescue mission ah yes the justification for the ps5 or is that too early uh, I thought this was a PSVR thing. Okay, that's PSVR, and then an additional thing was then later for uh, PS5. Yeah. Baba is you? Man, the uh, Hempuli Environmental Station Alpha guy made a puzzle game that was so meta. <laughs> the rules of the puzzles were part of the puzzle. There's nothing else like it. And it also makes me feel like a dumb piece of shit. Yeah, I definitely got to levels where I would just have to struggle at it for like days before I finally gave up. Depending on your tolerance, it's either the best game in the world or will actively affect your mental health. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it while I was doing it. I just reached a point where I like needed a better knowledge of how things work. Free yourself to not have to fully complete all the special levels. You'll have a great time. And finally, Apex Legends. Cool. The uh, Battle Royale, back back when those were like really, really big. I mean, I feel like Apex was the sort of the tail big one to release. The, the last one that mattered to anybody? Yeah. Uh-uh. Not my scene. I can't really speak on it. I'm sure yeah. a bunch of people who are way into the genre are just so mad at me. Also for slamming Call of Duty Mobile. They love that game. <laughs> yeah, clearly we're just going to ruin our audience forever now. Oh, those are those guys who insulted... Jeez, what haven't we insulted in this episode? I feel like it's a lot. Um, Death Stranding. Yeah, that's a game that I would like to play, but uh, (laughs) I haven't gotten around to it. I like the concept. Oh yeah, Strand games? Love it. We should do a podcast on uh, the Strand genre. I I like how it kind of predicted the pandemic, like a year before the pandemic. Yeah, I guess. I'm not about to give it too much credit. Yeah. But yeah, the whole isolationist thing really hit at a good time. I think Animal Crossing also came out around that time for when people are stuck inside. Let's live vicariously. But enough about other games. Well, actually, I guess this is still sort of about other games. Because it's, where do you rank this against other games that we've already reviewed? (laughs) It's almost like it's the exact opposite of what you said. (laughs) Look, I'm super good at segways, guys. You picked up the one I dropped and just started joyriding. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so I do like this game. I do recommend it, but it also feels anemic in a way. Uh, I definitely enjoyed Pseudo-Regalia more as a a unique experience, whereas this one is just a very competent, very cool, very cute version of things that I have seen before. So I think it's actually just almost like a two in a row here of the new number 19, I guess. Just above Aquaria again, Gato Roboto under Pseudo-Regalia. Interesting. I, I don't know. Like, it was short and sweet and 
I felt did things well. It didn't, like, wow me with, like, unique abilities or anything, but I had a good time while I was playing it. The thing is, the top 20 of my list are all games I've had a good time with. We keep picking pretty good games to play. It's almost like we want to enjoy our time. It's true. Weird that. And then we pick trash like Brainbreaker. <laughs> yeah, who would do that? I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, where do you think you're uh, putting this thing? Like I said, I had a lot of fun with it. It's short and sweet. I don't actually think I hold it against it. Like, I also realize that I don't really think of these games in terms of like value for money. Or like the time versus money spent, I guess. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's just my privileged position of like, I don't remember how much I bought these things for. Yeah, and I want to be clear, I'm not saying like a like it's not a value proposition so much as how much it impacted like like the experience was too short to really stick with me more or less. Like I, I was in and out in a single sitting, so like that's very easy for it to like fall from memory and it's why I went back to play a bit more of it just to remind myself what actually was in the game because I had actually forgotten a lot of it. Well, I mean, I played it over a couple one-hour sittings, so maybe that worked out a little better for me. So I'm looking, I'm looking somewhere around Guacamelee. Apparently, the Guacamelee is some kind of weird pin and <laughs> things where like everything has to be relative to that. The SI unit of Metroidvania game evaluation. It's the standard gram. I, I, maybe it's just because I played this more recently. I'm going to put this above Guacamelee and say it's the new number 12. Damn. Will I remember it in a couple months? Uh, maybe not. Maybe in a couple months I'll be like, man, why did I think Gua uh, Gato Roboto was better than Guacamelee or whatever? Or maybe it'll become the new standard uh, unit. Yeah, maybe. Is this better than Gato Roboto, the cat robot game? I feel like my my order of games is all over the place here. I feel like I kept putting things under Iconoclasts that I think I actually like better than Iconoclasts. But it's because you're talking to me. It was just like, no, Iconoclast still owns, though. Yeah. So, like, I have this weird thing where it's like, mm, I feel like this is better than Iconoclasts, but it's not better than this other thing. Until we, re like, do a full reevaluation, which I am committing to not doing. <laughs> um, but honestly, probably my second favorite Metroid game at this point. Oh, like specifically Metroid, not like also the Vanias. Yeah, I mean, um, but I feel like that's still a con controversial thing to say of like, yeah, I like this better than, than most of the actual Metroids. You've never really liked most of the Metroid games for being a little too plotting and uh, uh, stiff, if I recall. Yeah. I think it's it was uh, like you don't really much care for either Castlevania or Metroid all that much. It's just everyone else doing that style a bit better for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's fair. But like, I don't know. I can definitely see people being like, there's not enough to explore here or something like that. Yeah, no, that's that's from where I'm coming from. I I tend to like a little bit more meat on the bone. Like, even though I really liked Pseudo Regalia, that's also just like, hey, that was also last week's number 18. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a packed list. Yep. Games are good, as it turns out. It's wild. Speaking of good games, what are we playing next time? Yeah, remember I was talking about how, yeah, we just keep picking good games that are, like, fun to play. And now it's time not to do that? Listen, uh, you you picked the last old bad game, so now it's my turn. Oh boy. It's my turn on the Xbox. 
Um, no, instead we will be playing an old Famicom game called Spelunker 2, Yusha Eino Chozen, or A Hero's Challenge, Spelunker 2. Okay. It's, um, it looks bad, but it does have a karma system, so. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> definitely, de- definitely the reason that you should choose a game. I don't know. All I know about it is it has that. It's got some janky platforming and you can go to super hell. So, oh boy, that is what we'll be playing next week. So next month, next month, that'll be it. And if you anyone has any problems with that, they can either kiss my ass or leave a review (laughs) or comment anywhere they choose, either on YouTube or their podcast platform of choice. Or email us directly at invertedcastlepodcast at gmail.com. Still on X. It's still X, I think, at time of recording. (laughs) It's never going to be XX or the (laughs) website formerly known as Twitter. uh, At InvertedCastleP. Never forget the P. And basically on various other social media platforms of varying uh, permutations of Inverted Castle with the podcast or without. Yep. All right, well, until next time, I've been Eric Fox. And I've been Thomas Blight. And remember, kids, don't buy your cat a billion-dollar death robot. It's just going to play in the box. Or if you do buy your cat a million-dollar death robot, remember to keep the good cat food stocked. (laughs) 